Hello, and welcome to the Drum History Podcast. I'm your host, Bart Vanderzee, and today I am honored to be joined by Mr. Jared Falk of Drumeo. Jared, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Bart. It's it's uh, great to be here. Yes, and I should say beyond Drumeo, a lot of stuff. Musora, uh, there's there's a lot of things you that did you it. have expanded into. I was hoping I said that right. Um, <laughs> but there's Drumeo, P- Pianote, Guitario, Singio. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad I'm, I'm nailing these pronunciations you, here. Um, dude, you, it's usually pianote, mi, yeah. uh, misura, mis, or they say really, really fast. So yeah. yeah, nice work. So it's more than just drumio, but this is like obviously the drum history podcast. So we're going to primarily touch on, I mean, you're a drummer. The background is drumming, but you as a businessman have, have evolved into other things. But um um, I'm a Drumeo ambassador. I should say that I'm like on, you know, one of the people who can give away free lessons and all that stuff um, nice. through Natalie. She set me up. Um, yeah. So uh, very cool. Um, I've enjoyed being a part of it and I have the Drumeo account and everything and it's great. So all that being said, Jared, why don't you take us back to the beginning? Um, I guess it really starts with your beginnings um, on the drum set. So tell us about it. Yeah. So. Um, growing up, uh, I, I wasn't really into music and I remember in grade six saying, I don't even like music. I'm never going to play music because my parents were like, you should get into music. Um, and I just wanted to be a professional hockey player, like any good Canadian would want to be. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah. my parents had, had five kids. We grew up on a farm on a farm. Uh, the, my dad always says the chickens never stop laying eggs. So early morning hockey was out of the question, although we had a nice, you know, uh, hockey rink that they built us so we could rollerblade and stuff like that. But ultimately, hockey was not in my future. Um, and then I, when I went to school, I saw someone air drumming um, in a choir class. And I saw that looks really, really fun. And so I went home and I asked my parents, I'd like to play drums. And uh, they actually had this drum set in storage. I still have it. It's like a late 60s Pearl uh, kit. Wow that my grandparents bought for my dad and my aunt um, way, way back in the day, because my, my, my aunt, my, a couple of my aunts had this uh, vocal group. My grandparents always had music in their life. Then it kind of skipped a generation where my dad and my mom weren't really into music at all. Um, so then I took the kid out of storage. I remember the first day it was set up in our house in the basement and my whole family was over there just like tapping around on it. And, and I was just kind of off to the side, just, okay, I'm, I don't know. I'm not know if I'm ready for this yet, because I'm the one yeah. who, who brought this here. And then later, once they had all left, I went and sat down, and uh, I started taking lessons from one of my cousins, who was a drummer, and I was absolutely hooked. And so from, from you know, that day forth, I was completely obsessed with it, to the point where my parents, they had to get me out of the house um, and we had this other, we lived on a, a bigger farm. And so we had this other building that they converted into a little drum room for me. And so I was able to play, uh, not any time of day or night, because it's still quite noisy, uh, but a lot more without bothering people. And so from 15 to, to around um, all the way through high school, I, I was in jazz band. I played in different church groups. I, I played in my own bands and projects like that. I remember one summer I played like, every day straight. So 60, 60 shows in a row. Um, I was just doing, I, my goal was to be like a full-time touring, gigging studio drummer. And uh, I was completely obsessed with it. Honestly, still kind of am. I mean, I still play, if I'm home, an hour, two hours. Yesterday, I think I played three hours. So, you know, from, from that point on, it's just like, you know how it is, Bart. It's like, this is part of our life. This is who we are. It's part of our identity. People say like, you know you're obsessed with something when you get done talking for an hour and a half to someone about the drums and you go and like bug your wife about the drums, about mm-hmm. a different topic. Am I correct in saying that you started teaching pretty quickly, the age of like 16? Is that true? Yeah, I had one student, that which, which then grew to two to three and eventually had 10, 10 or 12 students all the way through um, high school, my grade 11 wow. and 12 years. Yeah, my, and I got really lucky with my first student. It was a guy named Jason Cleaver. Who actually went on to create a drum company. He went on to play in m- multiple bands. He's been on projects with us at Drumeo. Uh, but he was just like an amazing student, really dedicated, really hardworking. He was in grade six when I started. Um, and, and he really 
helped me become a better teacher because he was constantly pushing me. He was catching up to me. Then I'm like, okay, I need to practice more. He was catching up yeah. to me. I need to practice more. And so yeah. that kind of really fueled uh, me to, to get better as a teacher as well as get better as a drummer. Yeah. I mean, a year into learning the drums and you're teaching, you're basically taking what you've learned and just turning it around and exactly. teaching someone else, which is pretty cool. Yeah. How old were you when you, I know I watched some old video clips of you, which there's a cool one on uh, on Drumio that was, I think, from 2016 on the YouTube channel where um, you talk about, you kind of go down memory lane. And at that point, Drumio was only four years old. So yeah. still pretty new. But it was fun to look back at your early ones where you were a kid. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> getting the old camera out and setting it up and yeah. looking like a kid. Uh, <laughs> what was that process like? Okay, so I'll just go through it really quickly. Uh, but... When I was in grade 12, I became like, I, I grew up with entrepreneurs in my family. So my dad, multiple businesses, entrepreneur, my grandpa um, dropped out of grade six and basically started doing businesses and things like that. And a lot, was, a lot of that was to do with the environment at the time. Um, in, in it was like, they had to do that because they, they needed someone to provide for their families and, and things like that. So they needed someone to work on the farms and things like that. And so I was just really obsessed um, with business. And then when the internet started becoming more popular, I remember in 1999, I bought an ebook called 101 eBay Secrets. And it provided all these things like, okay, here's when the best time to uh, uh, put your item on eBay. And I never even thought about it. It's like, oh, yeah, the item should go on eBay when the most people are on it, when the most people are, are, are first browsing the new section. And the highest viewed listings are the ones when they're, they're closing. So people want to buy something right then. Um, and so you try to time it right. And I was able to sell hockey cards and able to sell other things on eBay and do quite well at it um, just as a, as a kind of a side income in my grade 11 and 12 years. And so I became obsessed with trying to find a way to do something online. And I really loved the idea of... of um, of doing something within my passion, with, and that's with drumming. So after high school, I went on tour. I went on a four-month tour and a few other shorter ones. I quickly realized that wasn't my thing, um, just because I, I grew up very close to my family, and I, I just, I'm not built for the road. I, I ended up meeting a guy named Rick Kettner. He was a student of mine, and Rick was a high school dropout, and he, uh, he also was really interested in internet stuff. And so he, uh, he was actually working on the Palm Pilot stuff in the way early days before iPhones became more of a popular thing. But he was really into yeah. mobile. Um, he had been putting some videos out on the Pearl Drummers forums. And way back in the day, like this is 2002, 2003, there wasn't a lot of places for drummers to connect online. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. There's none of these social networks. So it was basically message boards and forums. That, that's where drummers connected. There's Drummer World. There was Pearl Drummers Forum. Um, and people were asking him about this like foot technique he was doing. And he called it the heel-toe technique. And so he put a video up. He got like 12,000 downloads. And he came to the lesson and told me, I'm like, you got 12,000 people downloaded? Like that's just like... <laughs> 12,000 people. It was yeah. hard. I didn't even know how to download a video at that point yeah. because yeah. like there was no streaming media like there is no, now. No, Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I said, well, let's film some videos. Let's, uh, let's put up a website. Let's build, try and build a community, which we called Breaksticks. And um, initially we sold videos, downloadable videos on eBay. And that's kind of how it started way back in the day. So student, students would go to eBay, they'd buy like a, a pack of lessons for $20. And then we would email them, this, it was through the service called LinkLock, which basically gave them a link to download the files. After 24 hours, the link expired. Um, and that's something Rick set up. And we did that. We, made, we, we really made hardly any money based on listing fees and what we were doing with it. But it was more just like a fun kind of project yeah. for us. Um, sure. And it wasn't until we started launching DVDs where we, we started seeing more success because honestly, back then, no one was ready for the, the downloadable videos. It was way too difficult. It was, it was yeah. No one even understood how to do file management, where to put them, all this no. kind of stuff. No, and I remember those yeah. days of like, I mean, I was like 12 in 2002, and I remember it being like Kazaa and Morpheus and Napster <laughs> earlier. And it's just like, Everything was kind of like, is this a virus? Is this going to ruin my computer? This doesn't seem exactly. safe. 
dial up internet. It was or broadband. It just got crazy. But um, I saw the video that you had in your example of Rick doing that. And it looked good. I mean, really, it just takes the time and guts still to this day. It just takes the time and guts to put up a video of yourself. And uh, I think it's cool that that he did it then. And then you saw it and then said, this is it. Let me use my eBay book, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that you learned from that. And also, yeah. I saw that you did. I believe you said first was the Rock Beats one that you shot. And you said you shot it on the farm and you could see even flies going around because it's a farm. Yeah. Pretty incredible. I mean, it's just cool to look back at these. Uh, it's it's history. You know, that is drum history to look at your first kind of kind of thing. But how was your first video received? I never got any feedback back then because people, we had sold like a hundred copies, fifty copies, and and no one really messaged because even even the idea of like DMing or sending a quick message, just there was email, right? And so I, I could go back and check, but I don't know if anyone said anything special. But I just know when the cameras turned on. I don't know if you've heard that red light syndrome before, but oh yeah. I, I was so confident going into it, man. I was like, okay, I'm going to do great. The, the, the camera, the push record. And I just had nothing to say. I had nothing to say. I just stared yeah. at the camera. And so the videos <laughs> ended up being like beat one. And I play the beat. Beat two. There was no instruction. It was just like demonstrations. Yeah. One thing I noticed in, in a very like now I think of you as just being, you could not be more comfortable in front of a camera. But then it's funny to look back and you see that just like here, I'm going to play beat number one. Like you're just kind of <laughs> terrified a little bit. And yeah. and but that's part of it. You you got to you're not going to be a, you know, superstar on your first video. So it did get better, though. And I believe you said your second one was the one handed roll video, uh, which yeah. to me, these choices of videos, rock beats. Everyone needs to learn rock beats. Very clickable. Very like, I need to learn that. I want to download it. One-handed roll. What the heck is that? I want to learn how to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's yeah. kind of like your your title. Uh, third, if I'm not mistaken, was the heel toe. Also, people want to learn that. It's not overly complicated, like, you know, 16th note ostinato patterns and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's like, it's stuff that people are going to want to click and download. So I think you had the... SEO and like marketing brain going pretty pretty hard even at that point. That was that was Rick uh, in a big way because Rick was very much interested in that like learning copywriting digital marketing uh, using Google Ads and when you use Google Ads like you have to write headlines so what is what do you want to tell people about it and then the way Google Ads worked at the time was like you create three versions and then okay that version worked the best okay then you you scrap the other two that didn't work you create another one that competes against the new one okay, this new one I created based off of the one that worked the best uh, is better. So I'm going to now create one that competes against that. And so you just mm. naturally develop this like uh, brain for figuring out what messages people respond well to. And yeah. ultimately, on the, on, the product has to deliver, right? And on those products, we focused on quick wins. So we didn't focus on mm. massive amounts of content or things like that. It was more, um, what is a, what is one small thing we can give to someone that would help improve their drumming and just like then hopefully credit that win back to us and then maybe they'll come back and purchase something else and this is just a con this is just how business should work you should want to you know do provide value to someone so much value that when they're looking for to to kind of scratch another itch within that realm they come back to you and look for another solution right yeah. and so yeah. that that's ultimately what we tried to do and and um to a certain extent, it worked, I, I would say. But Well, now, with <laughs> hindsight, we can look back and say, yes, it did work. But, I mean, honestly, all these things that you guys were doing, it's kind of cool to look back at, like, young guys going, like, I mean, this is things that people at, like, Fortune 500 companies do with, like, marketing and um, advertising and, and all this stuff through these digital platforms. It was different back then. It was, I mean, this was the days of magazines and, you know, drum tapes and DVDs and things like that. So you were ahead of the curve, obviously. And then I believe you guys, you got into DVDs with like workbooks and stuff. I mean, you were yeah. creating a full on like courses. This was a, you know, soup to nuts kind of thing, which is pretty impressive. Well, back at the back in the day, there was this guy named Jack Bennett. And uh, I don't know if he's still around, actually, but he's from Australia. Mm -hmm. And he created this like we created something called the rock drumming system. And it was like five discs and four workbooks. And I remember when I first went to get it replicated, like a thousand copies. 
the replication was going to cost like $50 per unit. Cause I'm, and I'm like, well, I can't spend that. <laughs> yeah. We ended up finding a way to, to lessen the costs. And, but then he came up with something that was like 20 discs. And so it became kind of like, you know, shavers and their, this one has 14 blades. This one has 18 yeah. blades. And it's like, it's just, it doesn't yeah. matter how much discs is on the thing, not looking bad. <laughs> but then we yeah, created no. one that we created one with a guy named Mike McCalco called the drumming system. And the drumming system, it was like 35 discs, five workbooks. Um, I remember when we filmed it all, it's, we spent like two weeks in the studio. And I went to get a quote for replication. And it was like $400 per unit to replicate this thing. Because it was like massive. And so that's when I had to explore like replication overseas. I, had, I went yeah. to Alibaba, which was actually a thing. Uh, this was around 2009, 2010. Wow. Um, we, hmm. we were able to get replication costs down and released that pack, which was hugely like instrumental in like our, our being able to fund future endeavors like freedomlessons.com and, and essentially like Drumeo, the beginning of Drumeo. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you just said it. So then you get into freedrumlessons.com, which if I'm not mistaken, that was more of the like, this is like, instead of like putting things on eBay and people are buying things on eBay and getting it, it was like a home base for everything, which kind of crazy to think that like you know 2009 2010 whatever it's like that's really not that long ago but the internet has progressed so fast since then um but youtube was already going on were you guys were you using utilizing yeah. youtube a lot then so our first videos on youtube were uploaded in 2006 uh free drum lessons was launched in 2007 oh, okay. and the idea behind it was essentially just to create a place where anyone could go and we could just, like I, like I said earlier, build value, actually help them learn something before we ask them to buy anything. Um, and just essentially build trust with the community because we we didn't want to be a flash in the pan. You know, we wanted to create a real business here. We wanted to create something that, that, last, uh, that stood the test of time. And yeah. so uh, initially when we launched Free Drum Lessons, it was like, well, YouTube hosting is free to host videos. That was new for us. Previously, yeah. we had to pay to host our own videos. And so YouTube's going to host it for free. And there's this other service called Howcast. And so we, we launched YouTube and we said for the first year, we're not doing any advertising. We're just going to leave it just completely open and free. And there's going to be no interruptions with the user experience. Um, because we are making money with selling the DVDs and things like that. And that really helped sure. to support that initiative. Yeah. There weren't many teachers going on at that time, but obviously uh, he's been on the show and was a, you know, as a friend of the show, Mike Johnston was a, was an early drum lesson guy. You guys have different vibes. There's different companies. There's just totally different, you know, it's totally different things, but you guys were competition at the beginning. I mean, and, and to some degree probably still are, but again, it's just a different, I see it as very different things. What was that like being on there and kind of, I'm sure you guys saw each other doing similar things at the same time. Mm -hmm. How did that, how'd that go? Yeah. I, I remember back in the day when, you know, Mike came out and he's a very good educator, very good on camera, very personable, fun to watch. I had a subscription to Mike's lessons for a while and I enjoyed it. Uh, but I remember sitting in, in Rick's, uh, with Rick in Rick's office and we were talking about like, okay, what do we want to do? And, you know, I was, I was the primary instructor, although we had used um, other people in some of our projects, like Mike Lacalco. But I was the primary instructor, and I was kind of coming to the end of like where I feel like I could teach and my energy for it. And, um, and I was also, like, like many people have probably recognized, I, I'm strong on the business side, I think. You know, I, I think I can add value there to the, the business and overall the community yeah. on that side. So we, we said... And I'm in no way comparing myself to Oprah, but if you look at someone like Oprah, <laughs> Oprah is like, she's uh, someone who introduces you to other people. She's like, hey, here's yeah. Dr. Phil. Hey, here's this other doctor. Now, now they're all touting some, some they're all doctors. Whatever, supplements <laughs> or whatever now. But, but you know, yeah. she was like the old magazine who was, was introducing to other things. She became this media company that was much, much bigger than just herself. And I think that's where me and Mike started to kind of go like this in separate directions in that he kind of kept on that route where, okay, he's the guy, it's Mike's lessons. He's the one teaching and he's had a lot of success doing that. And he's, he's, um, 
I always look at things like, is, is someone good or bad for the drum community? It's black or white. And Mike's yeah. good for the drum community. So that's why I think competitively, it's like, I don't care. Keep, keep going, Mike, because we need to grow the entire community because a rising tide lifts all ships, right? Yes. Yes. And uh, but I, I chose to go a different route. I although I'm still very much like front and center in some cases, and I still do content. I don't want to be the main guy. This is not Jared's Lessons dot com or anything like that. I want this to be a place where we can introduce drummers to different perspectives. Um, we can create a diverse community that's inclusive for everyone because we believe everyone should be able to speak the language of music. Yeah, very well said. I think that you learn that. Like my coming into this world of, uh, you know, podcasting, there's a lot of other drum podcasts. There's a lot of other content. There's a lot of other Instagram accounts. The worst thing I think people can do is come in and go like, I got to destroy everyone else. Uh, <laughs> there can only be one. Like, that's not how yeah. it works. No. It's it's never going to be. It would be bad. People would get sick of you. So there's just everyone has different taste. Everyone likes different things. Um, so and you also hit the nail on the head with with by saying there, we need more drummers. We need more people out there to become drummers to then listen to and watch the content and love the instrument and buy the drums and buy the cymbals to make our whole industry grow. Yeah. So, you know, there's no room for competition. Obviously, I think we all get that, though, where you see that someone does one thing and then, of course, you feel it and you're like, oh, you know, it's it pushes you a little bit. For there's sure. no denying that it's 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 obviously pushed you a little bit to uh to be better and change things and grow. And, and we need that to pull us along, you know? Yeah. Co competition is good. And innovation is good. If we don't have innovation in our industry, like we're, we're we'll die. And when you look at the, the original drum set, the creation of the, the trap set, I was just watching this as a, a video in Drumio of Todd. He did the, a, the pioneer of the trap set or something. Hmm. And, the, the drum set was actually an innovation, and it, it, it was a disruptive innovation in that it used to take one person to play the bass drum, one person to play the cymbals, one person to yeah. play the snare. The drum set came out and basically eliminated jobs. <laughs> okay, yes, so people really that did. used to be employed, they're no longer employed because now there's yeah. this new thing called the drum set, and we only need one person. So you got to be yeah. really, really good to, to get that gig. <laughs> And so yeah. in, in the drum industry, we actually need more of that. And the only way we get more innovation and technology is by growing the entire size of the market. And so the industry, it's somewhat good at getting together, but it's extremely political, in my, uh, in my opinion. And sure. there's people pulling in directions that just don't matter. And it's really, really frustrating. Um, and so I've just stayed out of a lot of that stuff because I just need to focus on the student because the student is oxygen and without them, none of us exist. Exactly. Let's hop back on the timeline here. So freedrumlessons.com, what did it look like and how does it compare to Drumeo today? It was meant to be like, so if we want to go on the marketing discussion um, and, and <laughs> yeah. a little bit of business talk, what happened was um, if you research back you'll, you'll, from like 2004-ish, 2005, research Google Slap. Google Slap was where if so people buying Google AdWords, um, they were sending people to websites that maybe didn't meet Google standards. And they, they didn't meet the standards because they, weren't, they didn't have enough pages. They didn't have enough content. The website was more like, hey, here's a sales page, buy this. And there wasn't a lot of outbound links. So it's not like people were doing black hat techniques or even gray hat te techniques. It was... It was Many cases, white hat, but it still didn't meet the quality standard of where Google wanted to send their users, which is very smart on their part. So what they sure. did is they said, if you want to buy um, uh, a click from someone searching drum lessons, it's going to cost you $20 per click, which is basically, okay, wow. that, that's, that's basically, you know, they, I don't want to swear, but it's like, the, you've heard that FU price before, right? Yeah, that's Google yeah, exactly. saying, this is our FU price, if you yeah, want to do that. Yeah. Totally. And, uh, and so we said, well, we can't rely on Google anymore or Google ads in the same way. We have to develop and innovate uh, a new channel that hopefully we can have a little bit more control over. And so we, we really wanted to focus on creating something that deserved to be listed in the search engines, that deserved the higher quality standard. And so yeah. that's what Free Drum Lessons was. It was like, instead of us just creating a website to sell a pack. We just created a website that users loved and they stayed on our site for a long time. And then Google rewarded the site. And for, for, for a long time, if you search like drum lessons or, or how to play drums, like we were the top five search results. 
Well, the so. wording right off the bat, I mean, free drum lessons. It's just like, it's again, I think it's important. Yeah. You got to have that. That's something that some, you look at YouTube channels or you, you know, growing YouTube and things like that. It's the most important thing is to have a catchy title, which before we progress now into like Drumeo, I want to ask you about, I mean, your, my, my background is more in like video and audio production. Your production, just from, from taking, looking at a couple looks, uh, clips of the rock beats and then the one handed roll and then the heel toe, it got a lot better. I mean, I think <laughs> in the heel toe, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe the one hand roll, you had like a slider. And I remember there was one shot that was like, you kind of, you, you showed it on your drumming video where it was like, you're looking at the camera and then it was like, can't cut to camera two. Yeah. And then you kind of like turned your head and I was like, very nice. He's planning. Um, <laughs> well, that, that's because I couldn't talk on camera for longer than one or two sentences at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cut it and edit it. This episode is brought to you by Masters of Maple. Masters of Maple are handmade, beautiful drums from Los Angeles, California. They only make 50 kits per year. So each drum set is made with the highest quality possible. And a new collection is dropping in May 2023, including the Bell Brass version three. So be sure to keep up with Masters of Maple at mdrums.com and on social media at Masters of Maple. And if you didn't hear it, go back a couple episodes and you'll see um, an episode with Cy from Masters of Maple about um, how drum shells are made from forest to factory. And you'll get an understanding of just like the technical um, ability of the folks at Masters of Maple. And, and it's just a really cool episode. So thank you to Masters of Maple for sponsoring this episode. Was it you the whole time doing these production, you know, the video and the audio and the editing and the mixing? Did you do a lot of that or did you sum no. it out? So we had we had employees at that time, probably around 10 to 20 employees. And wow. then ma many times we would use um, an outside crew for those larger productions. We didn't have a studio at the time. So anytime we wanted to film, we had to rent a studio and rent all the gear. So we rented a jib, we rented a, you know, a dolly and yeah. we hired an operator. Yeah. And a lot of that was based off of watching Hudson Music DVDs. And I don't totally. know if you're familiar with like, like oh, yeah. the language of drumming, creative coordination, creative control, all of the stuff that Rob Wallace and, and Paul Siegel put out. And, and Rob, I always say, because I'm still I'm friends with him to this day, and, and we have some Hudson titles that we've licensed on Drumeo. Um, he's like the godfather of this type of content, this, this drum education, high quality, Absolutely. you know, they did amazing work back in the yes. day. Yes, that makes sense. And and because uh, like nowadays, we're almost like told you have to do it all yourself. You need to get your camera. You need to get your mics. You need to do it all. Mm. Back then, it was rightfully so more like, well, no, you hire production teams. And then it, but the you could then focus on your main job of drumming. Do you think it's better that people can focus on just drumming, not doing all the video stuff? Or is it pretty cool now and a great thing that people have to do everything and they don't need any help? What are your thoughts on that? I think it ultimately comes down to what you want. Um, again, going back to like Mike Johnson, myself, he, from my understanding, he's very good at production and very mm -hmm. good at working cameras and editing and um, his shots look beautiful, right? Whereas I cannot do that myself. So I, re I rely on the talents and, and, and skills of others to help me with that yeah. because I have... I have a different um, different goal for like how I spend my time. I, I break it into like four quadrants, which is something I learned um, from strategic co coach and this guy named Dan Sullivan. It's like more of a business coach. It's like there's things you love to do and you're good at. There's things you love to do and you suck at. There's things you are good at and you don't like to do. And there's things you hate doing and you suck at. Step one, eliminate the things you hate doing and you suck at. Step two. Eliminate, you know, the, the things in the other quadrant, quadrant, and then eventually the goal is to get get to the point where you're only doing the things you love to do and you're good at, and that is defined by something called unique ability, which is the thing that other people appreciate you most for. And yeah. I didn't make any of this stuff up. This is you can go look him up. A guy named Dan Sullivan, strategic coach, um, brilliant, brilliant. Um, like he helps entrepreneurs build businesses that um, don't run them, but that they get to actually run the business because yeah. most entrepreneurs are, are um, rode hard and put away wet, you know? So. Totally. I love that because there's so many things where when you're doing, when you're a one man band, speaking from the podcast perspective and the social media, there are things that like 
God, I wish I would just hire. So I love editing, but on the third time listening through something or like taking to get trying to get little social media clips and then putting the captions on, I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. I would love for someone else to do it. And it's yeah. like, it just makes sense because uh, you got to delegate power and, and, uh, and also even just having a coach. That's a pretty cool yeah. thing to get advice from other people. It's like drummers take lessons. Business people, if, if that's your aspiration, you should you should go get lessons and get better and level up. So I went to yeah. Strategic Coach in 2011, 2000, or 2010 and 2011, and I'm actually going back uh, 10 years later. Wow. So I'm really excited I'm going back in a couple of weeks. That's awesome. Uh, and on the note of captions, by the way, Bart, there's, a, there's apps that do all of that now using AI. It's like yeah. an app called Captions. You just put, you, you cut your clip, you put it in there, It'll add the captions. It'll actually make them pop up in, in an animated, fun way, like graphically. Oh, cool. Like so on see, reels like, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So well, a lot of that stuff yeah. can be automated. What's your thoughts on the, the AI boom right now? I've been using it more and more for little things when I can and plugging it in. What's your take on the, the rise of artificial intelligence? I think there are, it's going to be awesome to see how that... Um, makes its way into the music and the, and the drum industry. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to look. But I think yeah. uh, when a lot of people say, well, AI is going to steal our job and things like that, I think it's more like a human using an AI is going to steal your job. And so yeah. it's, it's like you have to give it prompts. You have to give it inputs. And there's going to be a lot of opportunity there. I don't know exactly the way we're going to use it. I know at Drumio, we're, like, we're using it to, um, our students are using it to remove instruments from songs because now... They're able to analyze music and say, okay, take the drums out or take the piano sure. out. And so yeah. students can play along with drumless. They can stream the drumless tracks and play along with the transcription. That's what a lot of my videos I do are. It's just like, it's awesome. It's really, really fun. Yeah. yeah. And so we're, we're going to continue to use it and, and leverage AI in, in any way we can. My ex that's a good answer. My experiences with it have been um, I made a video about I took a clip of a really old episode about the history of uh, Zildjian. There's yeah. no pictures from 1680s, you know, Turkey. So I used it to create painting style photos of a carriage being blown up. And it was like a story from that. And I made about a two minute clip with with images like that. Wow. A lot of watch outs, though, um, with uh, there's the guy with six fingers. There's the mutilated guy with his eyes popping out of his head and it looks weird. So you have to edit it. I've yeah. also plugged in uh, episode uh, titles where I go, I could make this a little bit better. And I gives me, I do it five times and I take the best of five and put it together. But also I typed in, tell me the history of Ludwig because I wanted to do a, maybe a short history episode. Uh, Ringo exploded on the Ed Sullivan show in 1950s. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like wrong. There's a lot yeah. wrong. You yeah. need to not trust it 100%. But um, totally made my voice out of it which freaked my wife out, but I was like, maybe I could record ads <laughs> through AI. And I'm yeah. like, what is becoming, what am I, what am I doing? I'm losing my mind, but there's a lot um, of potential, man. You can also, there's one, I think it's, it's, it's video.ai or something like that, where you could like take this whole podcast episode and um, the 60 minute thing you input it into that, that's it, that software. It's cloud-based software. And mm. it will basically give you 20 micro clips that are titled, that have everything on them, um, and they're clipped up in a certain way, which it's figured out the topics and it's organized and grouped them together. It's cut out the ums and ahs. Wow. It's done all the work. Yeah, I can all send right, it to you afterwards that. if you want. Yes, because <laughs> like I love this stuff. I love the technology. I do think there was the whole thing, which if people haven't seen it, where they recreated Seinfeld, where it's all AI, where it's and, yeah. but they started to like realize that they were like, like I want to leave this apartment and they're like, we can't, we're stuck here and kind yeah. of bizarre to watch. But, um, I think it's super <laughs> cool. I know you're like a very progressive, you're, you guys are always moving forward, which on that note, let's get to Drumeo and then we'll talk about more like future stuff like that, which has got me excited. When did free drum lessons.com? What was that switch to Drumeo, which stands for drum education online? Yeah. Yeah, so after a while of doing Fusion Lessons, um, we we launched packs on there, but it got to the point where it's like the name doesn't is not really conducive to like selling anything, and so we want to. And plus, it was very it was very um, like 
it's very matter of fact. It is what it is. Free drum lessons. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like a bulk barn store, right? Buy things in bulk. It, it's like yeah. um, the no-name brand. So we wanted to create like a brand that, we, that, that um, we could have everything live under. So like freedrumlessons.com is still up. Drumlessons.com is still up. We have guitarlessons.com, pianolessons.com. All those, all those um, uh, properties are still up and active today. But we wanted to basically bring all the drum stuff under Drumio. And so it started off with just that. Like we, we, we started to publish a blog there. We started to, uh, we had like a drum shop called the Drumio Drum Shop. Um, mm. And then after a round of year of doing that, that's when we launched like the membership platform, which is basically one new one hour lesson, streaming lesson every single day. So seven days a week, wow. seven, seven hours of new content per week, we would do a live stream. That's incredible. And that was 2012, right? Tw- t- t- uh, 2011 was when I think we launched it. But yeah, 2012 was when the membership launched. Yeah. Okay. When I signed up for Drumio, uh, or through the ambassador thing, I was blown away how much stuff you guys have on there. There was history stuff, like the Todd Zuckerman thing, like you said. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. lessons. It's it's not just one, you know, one drummer playing. Here's the. It's not young Jared sitting there playing in a barn. No. It's like most people actually don't understand what Drumio is. Most people think Drumio is a YouTube channel and like social media posts. Um, I still get asked to this day. It's like, oh, like is it just you or? Uh, I'm like, what? No, it's not just me. You think I could do all that? I don't. I can't do that. Yeah. So no, there's a huge yeah. team uh, behind it, and and a very very capable leadership team. Like my leadership team has been with me uh, on average, I think, over eight years. And so I I have like really a really really great team, and that's what people don't realize is is um, there's this that the the business structure and corporate structure is like an iceberg. People see like myself or in piano, they'll see Lisa. But there's this like massive group of people supporting that. And same with the content. The content is like, we have probably 10,000 hours of content and we've probably published, you know, 500 hours. So like we have wow. so much more content that we've never published. Uh, not, not published publicly. Well, yeah, because it's, it's behind the paywall, which when you take your own money and you pay, you're almost more inclined to put that time in because you, you, you're a little bit more invested. Yeah, and... And I mean, if the product wasn't like measurably better from not my perspective, but from the actual student's perspective, then they would just sign up and leave, right? If, if they come over and, and they join, it has to actually like actually help them. And this is something like we're heavily, heavily focusing on in this past like three to four years, especially, which is why we've like built, really built out our song section. So like, there's like 5,000 transcriptions in there. You can, you can stream and play the, the song. But we're trying to make it something where every time you're going to sit down and play drums, you're like, okay, I got to load up Drumio. And, I'm, and now this is going to make, I'm going to save time and I'm going to have more enjoyment behind my drum set because of this. And then the, the $30 a month or the 200 bucks a year, it's, it's not going to be even considered when it comes to should I cancel or, or am I getting value from that? It shouldn't be a yeah. question. How many people are on your team total, including leadership and all that? Um, full-time staff, I think we're at around 104 right now. And then we have lots of contractors. So especially on the transcription side of things, I think we have a team of 20 plus, maybe even more than that, transcribers. So like when, when this uh, leading up to this uh, 2023, Songs was our big push and we had worked at the agreement with Hal Leonard. So then it comes down to actually uh, writing these transcriptions. Now, you could license them, but we have a certain way of doing of the, the quality that we want. And so we basically built, like within a month, built a team of, I think, 20 to 50 transcribers from all around the world. And within Guitario, within Pianote, we added like two to 4,000 transcriptions um, within the course of like 60 days or something like that. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, the team, the team was insane so big props to them if they are listening to this because all of those people worked their butts off um all through like the holiday season just to make that deadline of january 1st to like to meet our goal because we yeah we we dream big and we try and do things that are going to create like a massive impact in the marketplace and so sometimes that can cause stress and the team but but the team like like i said earlier they work incredibly hard um and I'm like super, super blessed to have a, a team that cares so much for our students. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention that I wrote down before is you guys 
at Drumeo are like creating drum stars in a way similar to how like like Disney creates like the pop stars that we have you know in a way like I see people on your website where I'm like oh I think I've I like like um like Domino who's incredible and a great drummer on all on her own accord but like I know her because of the drum videos through you guys that's very kind of you to say uh so yeah Domino's awesome one of the on, on that note I remember when Dorothea Taylor came out and um she had like 40 or 50,000 subscribers on Instagram and and then we launched her video The Godmother of Drumming which was something my marketing I have a guy named Dylan Waitman and Chad on my marketing team uh they came up with that and as well as Sam Landa who's part of the Drumming Beat they all kind of like they had these uh brainstorming threads in Slack and it's like, yeah, let's do the godmother of drumming. And that, that was like a very intentional thing. And I think that's one of the reasons why that video went like so crazy to the point where like Disturb's uh, management, I've met with them about working together more <laughs> with that because it yeah. went so awesome. So I mean, yeah, Jimmy Dor- Fallon. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Exactly. She's a great example of it too. But like Grayson uh Nekrutman is just like monster player and yeah. it just makes sense for you guys to work with them and give people that platform to reach even more people yeah and it is it is a partnership Bart it's not like I wouldn't say I'm, I would ever take credit for Dorothea's success or Grayson's success like of course not on no. their own they working insanely hard and we kind of like when they're like this going that hockey stick curve, which I got to do the hockey stick reference, right? But (laughs) uh, the hockey stick curve, and they're already on their way up. And so what we do is we kind of just like, we jump on there with them and we kind of help support them as they kind of work their way to the top. And, um, And that's beneficial for everyone because we can help them in a lot of ways that, that they probably couldn't do on their own and they can help us in ways which we can't do on our own. But when it comes to like, uh, identification of like artists and who to bring on Drumeo, I kind of look at it in like in on two two ends of the spectrum. On one, you have these artists that they don't need to prove anything. Like they are who they are. They're legends in their own right. Um, Chad Smith, Steve Gadd, Todd Zuckerman, you know Dom Famularo, all these people that legends that have been out. Thomas Lang, Benny Greb, and then there's these other artists which are on the complete other end of the spectrum, just getting started. Maybe ten thousand, twenty thousand followers. Have shown that they can they're having some measure measurable success but they just need that springboard they need that like boost um and we try and partner with those and we try and stay out of the middle and my myself included this is why i'm not on drumeo as much because i kind of live more <laughs> yeah. in the middle and i need to you know i need to put in the work more on either end of that spectrum to get recognized by drumeo all right so i want to ask you this so this is when you're at the size you're at when you know you're doing online drum lessons when there's a lot of drum teachers who are in 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 class you know in the back of a store playing you obviously take some flack just because online there's just comments and there's just social media how do you deal with like i mean i've gotten hater haters here and there i mean how do you deal with like people who are hating on what you're doing because i think it's just comes with the territory how do you deal with it yeah well ultimately bart it hurts you know like Yes, I'm not going to sit agree. here and say, oh, when someone says something bad about me, I, it doesn't hurt me at all. Like, I mean, of course it hurts. It sucks, um, yeah. especially when you feel like you're being judged unfairly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but when we look deeper and we say, okay, what's, what's really truly the root of that comment? At least what can I decipher and what story can I tell myself? And in many times, the, the root of that comment, there is some truth to it. It's just said in a really abrasive and mean way, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like if you're, if your dad wanted to tell you that same thing or your mom or your family, your, your best friend, they would tell it to you, but in a nice, kind, uh, generous, respectful way. Yeah. Um, so there is a lot to be learned from some of those comments because, yeah. um, yeah, although they're not said very nicely, doesn't mean we can't learn anything. And so we listen to all of them. I, th- I, um, I, I sometimes sympathize or, or, I try to have empathy for the people that are clearly going through issues in that they need to talk down, like talk, be so mean, overtly mean. I'm like, wow, that person must really be struggling. 
And maybe yeah. there's some truth to what they said because, yeah, maybe we did send too many emails. Maybe we did push too hard in our marketing. Maybe we, sure. we said the wrong thing in the, in the video. I don't know. Like, we make mistakes. It's just human. Yeah. Our, our, our company is just a collection of humans trying to do the best thing for, for musicians. Yeah. It's been said before, but the thousand nice comments really get outweighed by one like comment that just kind of like digs right at you. But yeah, you're right. You're right. You just and you just got to move past it. But I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that, because honestly, a lot of times, too, it's it only happens when you get to a certain level of success. So it just sort of comes with the territory and you just have to move past it. You know? Yeah. A lot of people would say I have not been controversial enough when it comes to like building a media company. Because ultimately, you want 50% of people to hate you and 50% of people that love you but are so in love with you that they're, they're going to, like, it's depth over width. Um, my thing is, like, no, no, we're here to unite and connect people. Um, I want to stay out of the, the middle of all that stuff. And I just want to, like, focus on creating a, um, an inclusive community that everyone can be a part of and everyone respects each other. And that's why yeah. I love the walled garden that Drumeo is. I don't. I don't call it a paywall. I call it a walled garden. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. We keep it all like we can set our own rules, you know. Yeah. And none of that stuff happens, or or, or when it does, it's it's very very light, and it's like completely different than you see on Instagram or Facebook when you're inside sure. of Drumeo. It's a gentle place. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but you guys aren't getting like stagnant. And I wanted to. I wrote down that I wanted to mention like 30, 30 day drummer. Super cool. Very smart. I love the branding on the YouTube ads and things like that. I think it's awesome. Uh, the drum department episodes are really like funny. I like I, I edit a lot of times just sitting there with a YouTube video on in the background and I'll put those on and just kind of like, Thanks. you know, it's that kind of thing where I just like you like hearing people about it. But then I realize like I've got you guys talking about drums in my left ear and I'm <laughs> listening to someone talk about the hi history of drums in my right ear and then my head starts to explode. But um, and the Drumeo Awards. How involved are, are you with coming up with a lot of the, these new ideas, or do you rely on a certain team uh, to do most of that stuff? Uh, I have to rely on my team to do a lot of that. The, the drum department is something that I worked on with the team. It went through many different like names and things like that, and, and the show is meant to be an evolution. So what you see now, it will not be the same in a year. Um, the Drumio Awards, where again, we saw kind of a white space in the market when it comes to you know, how other companies were running their awards programs. And, and basically, the purpose of those is to recognize great people in the industry because no one else is, you know? Sure. So we need to recognize those people and say, hey, you're doing awesome. Keep going because we need more drummers. And so we yep. want to recognize them and, and kind of give them that motivation to keep going. Um, I forget the other one. Oh, 30 Day Drummer. That, yeah, that that yep. wasn't that wasn't my idea. That was um, between Dylan and Chad. A couple guys on the marketing team had this uh, idea to like do, do it more of like you you work with the the student, like the person is actually doing the same thing the students doing, and that's built more off of like the the Peloton vibe, where like I have a Peloton, yeah. I did Peloton today. I just worked, I just did the same exercises Andy Spear was doing on the, the full body workout, right? Although yeah. he could do it a lot better than me, <laughs> I still could do it. And um, you just feel like someone's actually suffering with you <laughs> in that yeah. case. Yeah, so, and I mean, honestly, just having that 30 day, that's yeah. like kind of more of that marketing. I'm telling you, you guys, I mean, this isn't like, you know, breaking news, Drumeo's good at coming up with titles. It's <laughs> like, uh, you. that's a key thing, 30 day drummer. Like, all right, I can do this. I've watched a lot of those YouTube videos where it's someone who's like, all right, I'm gonna start day one, day two, day three. And it's interesting even to watch that process because it just gives people something to, to, to go after. And, you know, then they realize that it's going to take all their money and it's going to take their whole life and, uh, <laughs> and they'll always be working on it. But yeah. it's 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 attainable. Yeah, the thing about 30 Day Drummer is it just makes drumming approachable. So we've had a lot of we have actually have a lot of staff. Like when we launched the first season of that, um, we had a, probably 10 to 20 people. We have this lounge at, at uh, Musora and they would go in there every lunchtime and they would be like, OK, this is a 30 Day Drummer crew. And they would all have their practice pads and, and they would just do it because they, they hadn't played drums before, but they work for Musora. So they, they're going to like, yeah. as a group, they're going to try it. And what they, what we found is that although a lot of those people don't necessarily, they're not necessarily still playing drums or have a drum set, 
But it proved to them that they can play drums. Like they were playing music within the first couple lessons. They're playing along sure. to music, hitting in time, um, and still just getting that rush of like playing a musical instrument, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Drums have drums are kind of like that, where it's more approachable. It's a little bit like more fun. I mean, piano and all those other things, all the other instruments are great. We all know that. But it's like <laughs> it's just a little bit tougher uh, to get into. But so yeah. one thing I want to ask you, too, is I have noticed and I think everyone has noticed a little bit less of Jared being the man we see on the um, Drumeo Instagram and the Facebook. And and I've seen mm-hmm. Brandon Taves, which never would have guessed that's how you pronounce his last name until you told me. Uh, Brandon, I think, is a super approachable monster drummer, um, very gear savvy and is a great person to be more of, you know, the upfront. But what's making the switch of you to Brandon being like, you know, the one we see on a daily basis? I think it's just like the evolution and the change that uh, changes that I have to make for myself. Like as I raise, I have two boys. I have a wife, I have um, other other businesses that I'm a part of, and I just have gotten to this place, like I'm not even the CEO of Musora anymore. I gave that job mm. to my brother, uh, who huh. had been with, he's been at the company for 16 years, and just like two weeks ago, I'm like, okay, you're a great CEO, you do the CEO, I'm, I'll just be the founder and chairman, and I'll, I'll uh, work on projects, like remember getting back to those things that I love to do and I'm good at? Yeah, That's what I'm going to do more of. And so now I'm filming a, a documentary um, on Sabian symbols in cool. April. I'm going out to Meductic, New Brunswick. I'm doing that. Um, and I'm, I've got other like projects that I'm excited to work on, more creative projects um, that I've, being so entrenched in the company, um, in the weeds of the day-to-day, has basically taken me out of the ability to like actually be creative and come up with new stuff on the kit. And so I actually hope to get back to being a little bit more out there, but ultimately it's not my goal to be like, I don't, I don't care to be famous. If anything, maybe less well-known. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, sure. You've done it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And they say every, like every seven years, you kind of got to reinvent yourself. And that's, that's tiring, man. It's like the content treadmill. I just want to yeah. create stuff that I love and that I hope other people will love it too. You know, that's yeah. where I want to get to the point. It's a natural progression. And, and, uh, you mentioned to me before we started that Brandon has been, uh, you, he's been your student since he was 15. Is that right? Well, he's not my student anymore. I, I, sh- I should probably be taking well, lessons was from him. Your student. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this yeah, clear, Bart. <laughs> monster drummer, man. I mean, he's I, I, incredible. I think he's, um, I think he's doing the Foo Fighters video this week where he basically learned a piece of every single song. I think it's like a, is it like 175 oh, cool. songs or something? And wow, so that's it's similar awesome. to that similar to that rush one where yep. it's gonna be, yeah, the the video is gonna be a banger, I guarantee you. Um, but yeah, he's incredible. So I wanna kind of like like a rising tide lifts all ships. And I just think that Brandon should get all the praise and, and accolades and recognition because he deserves it. Same with Domino, same with Kyle Radomski and, and all the other great instructors and people that we work with um, at Drumeo and Musora as a whole. Very cool. Um, Jared, this has just been incredible, man. It's, I think people know where to find you. Normally I say where to find everyone, but you can just type in Drumeo anywhere and you'll find it. So <laughs> yeah. um, Jared, I appreciate yeah. you being here, buddy. Yeah, thank you so much, Bart, for having me on and the great questions. So I love your show, man. If you like this podcast, find me on social media at Drum History and please share, rate, and leave a review. And let me know topics that you would like to learn about in the future. Until next time, keep on learning.